We're in different parts of our lives and that's completely okay. It is not a crime to end a relationship. I feel like you really find yourself more post-grad than you ever do, you know, in college or high school. We all kind of have that thing that we want to be a little bit better at. Things can get things can get yeah. tough, but you have the power. Yes, exactly. And with that, let's dive into part two. Are you ready, Emma? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Who Girls podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're joining us, we are glad that you're here today. We are so glad to have you guys back. And we received so much positive feedback after the last episode. So I am so excited to jump into part two of growing up sucks. Growing up freaking sucks. You know, a lot of people related to growing up sucks. And it's crazy. We didn't intend for this to be a two-part episode. I feel like we haven't done this before. We usually like wrap up our thoughts because we try to focus on like a different kind of smaller focus topic each week. But we had so much to say about how much our life suck, apparently. (laughs) Not actually. (laughs) Not actually. But there are so many different little things that make growing up complicated post-grad complicated like and growing up literally applies to everyone because we all are growing up so no matter if that means you're now 16 or you're now 60 you know we we're all experiencing growing up literally every day and we will for the rest of our lives so excited to dive more in today about what makes it challenging but on the flip side how we combat doing that so if you haven't listened to part one definitely go and check that out Um, give it a listen it doesn't really matter the order you listen in but we do have a part one so yes go check it out and before we jump into all the meat and potatoes of today's episode we're going to kick it off as we always do with an ask the girls question as well as a no show all tell item and our ask the girls was I honestly thought was kind of a fun spin on what the last episode in today's episode is going to be about a positive (laughs) spin so we by no means intended to come on here and like just complain and be like oh our lives are terrible this is awful it was really supposed to be a relatable episode just like girl chat so you guys feel seen so that we feel seen and validated and from the feedback that we received I feel like that's the way it came across so that's very positive however Um, There are some really great parts of post-grad. And so one of you guys asked us, what is your favorite part of post-grad so far? So Emma... I we we never ask each other these questions before we jump on the mic because we like them to be real raw organic organic (laughs) so what is your favorite part of post-grad so far I feel like you could definitely go general or specific I think I'm gonna go more general I just honestly like that the world is your oyster I'll use it in my like coastal phrasing the world is your oyster but my favorite part is you really have the freedom to make your life what you want it to be. Of course, some of what we're touching on is the complications that come with that, but it is a really awesome thing because for so long, whether you're living at home with your family or you're in school, you just have restrictions on like what your time should be spent doing. And I like that you are at the freedom to do your own things and making money is also great. Like you, I have to spend the money on, you know, my rent and I have to be responsible with it, but it's nice to have money in order to make my own decisions with that ties right into that. So it's like, oh, I can afford to book a $500 plane ticket to go visit my friend or something like that. And I don't have to be like, mom, can you give me $500? Like, it's just the first time in your life where you're truly like autonomous, which is stressful, but also there's so much opportunity there that you just don't have before you get there. So that's my favorite part. No, I love it. I actually, mine goes very well with that and kind of in tandem of what you just said. I feel like because the world is your oyster and there are so many different paths that you can take, 
there's also a lot that you're learning about yourself. And I feel like you really find yourself more post-grad than you ever do, you know, in college or high school or middle school or whatever it may be, because you do have outside influences of your parents or your friends. And not to say that those go away in post-grad per se, but you just have so much you know, responsibility and everything is kind of intrinsic in terms of your motivation and why you're doing things. And, you know, your friends that maybe you were friends with in college, like, yeah, they were great friends, but maybe they were there because they lived on your dorm hall freshman year, you know, like versus now you can really choose who you want to be friends with, what hobbies you want to do, what you want to do for your job, who you want to live with, how you want to spend your money. And so I feel like it really allows you to become... I guess like more grounded, more centered and yeah, be more actually identify. Yeah. Be intentional with like who you are and who you're becoming. Yes. I love that. It's definitely a time period where you're really kind of forced into figuring those things out, which are hard because you are out in the world. So it's like, okay, friends aren't just going to walk up to your door and be like, hey, let's be friends. Like you have to kind of seek them out. And like I was saying, be more intentional with pretty much everything. But again, it does allow you freedom to be more selective and really curate your life to a life that's going to make you happy and like be your people and your dreams and everything at the end of the day. And you're making those decisions, which is freaking awesome. And it's really cool. Exactly. So I think if I could condense both of our answers into one word, our favorite part of post-grad so far is just the opportunity. The opportunity to become who you want to be, the opportunity to do what you want to do, the opportunity to grow into the person that you've been looking to live where you want to live. Yeah, like there's so many opportunities that come in post grad. So great question. Follow us on Instagram if you do not. It's at Hygge Girls Podcast, H Y G G E Girls Podcast. We try to interact a lot with you guys over there. Um, so be sure to follow us. Yes, especially our stories. I feel like we don't post a ton on our feed, but we post a lot more on our stories we as well. We definitely do. It yep. has that like 24-hour countdown, so you can't always uh, see the stories after they're expired. So make sure to follow us over there because that's where we're posting most of our like interactive elements and stuff. So yes, thanks for asking that question. We can go ahead and jump into our next segment, which is No Show, All Tell, which is basically show and tell podcast version where we tell you instead of show you. And... Maddie, you want to kick it off? I can kick it off. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I like to explain my no-show, all-tell items. And shocker, I this one requires no explanation. Um, and it is the crisp apple Olipop. Ooh. I'm a big fall girl. Um, contrary to Emma, I'm big, big fall girl. I'm really excited. <laughs> it's still 90 degrees here in Denver, but I woke up this morning and it was in the 50s when I was driving to work and I was like, Oh, wow. there's like a little crisp in the air. Went grocery shopping after work and I tried this last year. I think it was a new flavor last season and it just tastes like sparkling cider and it's so good. So it's a good fall day beverage and I feel like you can bring it to work with you. You can have it as a little afternoon pick me up. Um, just love the apple crisp Olipop. I love that. So cute. Olipop is great. You introduced me to Miss Miss Olipop. Yes, yes, yes. I drank so many Olipops for so long, literally for years. I've been drinking them. And then with a lot of health stuff going on, I'm technically not supposed to be having them because they have prebiotics and a lot of fiber in them. But I figured... Which is typically good. Yeah, but it's because of... I have health stuff like with my gut going on. But I'm just hoping it doesn't make me sick because it's really, 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 really good. Balance is key. Everything in moderation. I'm glad they have a fun fall favorite 
fall flavor yes. for you to try. I, I wonder if I should give it a go. Because like Maddie said, I'm not a fall palate girl. Like I don't really like things like pumpkin, cinnamon, chai, cider. Like it's all that same warm palate. But I feel like maybe an apple crisp drink like wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it's a little refreshing. It's not as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I, I'm thinking dolce, and that's not at all what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's not it's not quite as rich, I guess, as like oh, a chai yeah. or a pumpkin. Like, it's very like, ooh, light, crisp. You were just getting all of the languages in your head mixed up. You yes, bilingual I was, queen. apparently. <laughs> bilingual queen. Oh what is gosh. your no-show all tell? Mine is a book today um, because ooh, I'm about I think to I finish. know what it is. I'm about to finish reading a book. Yeah, if you follow my personal Instagram, I've been posting that I've been reading this. But it is the book Never Lie, and it's by the author Frida McFadden. She has a lot of awesome books. So it's a suspense book, and I think most of her books, honestly, are kind of the suspense-themed. But a little synopsis is that it's basically a couple are shopping for a house like they show up to you know basically have a showing of a house that they could potentially live in of course the snowstorm comes in they get trapped oh no what are they gonna do I feel like there's so many stories that are like the snowstorm traps you in this creepy ass yep. house right and you have to figure out what to do so this couple's trapped in a house and it's kind of a story of like you know how do we get out is there someone in the house like this house is creepy and they end up finding this secret room that has all of these tape recordings and they find out basically it used to be an old psychiatrist house so she recorded all of her patient sessions so she okay well don't spoil don't oh my spoil. gosh no I'm not spoiling at all no okay I, okay no, no, I was no. like I'm, I might want to read it no it's great no and this is all like you can read the back of the book and this is what it tells you gotcha. so they okay. find all okay. of these like tape recordings and then it's basically like piecing the story together it's like are there connections we you don't realize is you know is she dead or alive? You know, all, all this stuff. It's it's very interesting. And okay. yeah, I'm almost like we're recording this kind of later at night. And after we finish recording, I'm probably going to go finish the book, which is it's a big deal to finish the book, you know. So I'm about to, oh, yeah. about to finish it, tie all the loose ends to this story. But I definitely recommend Ooh. it's really good. Another suspense novel, if you haven't read it, I know it's really popular, but The Silent Patient is probably one of my like top books of all time that has kind of a similar theming. So would definitely recommend if you like suspenseful books that aren't like too gory. Like kind of just thriller, a little suspense. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, I like it. So I that's on my list of things that I want to read. And I don't know if this is just me or if this is shared amongst a lot of people, but I associate different genres of books with different seasons. So I think that suspense and thriller is very fall and historical fiction is very fall. And either of those can kind of transition into winter. And then once I get to like spring, I want the fiction, but not not historical fiction or thriller or anything like that. I want more you like, don't want, love like the murder mystery in May. No. Yeah. No. And then like in the middle of summer, I want all of the summer books like based on Nantucket or Cape Cod or at a lake or something like that. So that's how you know, my I brain feel goes. That, honestly, I feel that. So fall's coming around the corner. There's your I'll suspense. My list. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, like we were saying earlier, follow us over on Instagram. We will post our no-show, all-tell items on our stories because we're very story active, not grid active. And we hope that you guys get some some fun inspiration, I guess, motivation. Of course, My your Ollie not Pop, working your book, tonight. Yeah. everything that you need. Yes, exactly. And with that, let's dive into part two. Are you ready, Emma? I am so ready to dive into part two. The first thing that we wanted to talk about was relationship changes. This topic is kind of going to be overall like 
relationships and wellness more so I feel like last time we went a little bit more concrete with like time management and career work finances yeah yep so this is going to be a little bit more of like the personal life side of things which we were like that actually works perfect for like a part one and a part two so relationship changes obviously we all know relationships are not just romantic you have friendships you have family relationships and you also do have those romantic partners sometimes and it can be really hard post-grad and just growing up in general that like accepting that those relationships are going to change we all know yeah you might not end up with your high school boyfriend or your college boyfriend a lot of people do and a lot of people don't but I feel like sometimes the hardest relationships are those relationships that really weren't like necessarily over involved to begin with but there are these this like these recurring characters in your life that all of a sudden just kind of fall out of your life and it's and it's really weird because it's that balance of like do I reach out to them how much of an effort do I extend and I think there's so many people that I can say that you know I'm not close with anymore Mm -hmm. nothing happened literally I cannot say one bad thing about them but we just like haven't talked and I I find myself feeling bad sometimes Maddie I'd be interested to hear what you say like sometimes I feel bad being like damn I haven't talked to Sarah just you know random name I haven't talked to Sarah in a year but then I think I'm like Sarah also hasn't talked to me in a year exactly and it's not like Sarah hates me and it's not that I hate Sarah but it's literally we are we've just started living separate lives in different places and that relationship might have just art like it might have run its course and if I run into Sarah in the future I would be thrilled to see her but I have a hard time in this specific category with not feeling bad about not maintaining relationships where it's it's double-edged and I have to remind myself that like you don't have to carry the weight of all these relationships from a previous stage of life when they just don't organically fit in anymore and it's not bad it's just like what happens It absolutely is what happens. And what we were talking about earlier in this episode, how we were saying, you know, our favorite part of post-grad is really the opportunity, the opportunity to grow into ourselves, to learn about ourselves, to make new friends, to, you know, be involved in things we want to be involved in. Sometimes that doesn't, as shitty as it sounds, sometimes that doesn't involve friendships or relationships from a different part of your life. And it's not necessarily like, oh, we had this terrible falling out and I really don't like this person. Like you were saying, Emma, it's just, you know, you're living different lives and you're on different tracks and it just fades and that's okay. And I actually was having that thought today because um, there's someone in my sorority who I was really close to and I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I've talked to her in a year. And I was like, should I reach out? I think she's still in Denver and I like I was talking about in last week's episode I feel like currently where I'm in at in life is I'm just treading water where I have too many things going on in my life and I actually need to simplify and I had to kind of catch myself and be like you know what no no I don't I don't need to reach out right now just for the sake of reaching out to that person like not feeling to say bad I don't that you see have her yeah yeah but I I re- genuinely would have been reaching out because in my mind I was like oh my gosh I haven't reached out to her in a year and then I stopped and I was like Well, she also didn't reach out to me. And that doesn't mean that I don't care to see her. It doesn't mean that she doesn't care to see me. It just means we're in different parts of our lives and that's completely okay. And I think that a really great way to combat that challenge of, you know, feeling like you have this burden of all these faded relationships or potentially relationships that at one point were so important to you and now are just kind of stagnant Mm -hmm. is 
being aware of the existing relationships you have in your life that you really do put a lot of effort into and that might be one person it might be your partner or it might be a parent or it might be your best friend or it could be five people it could be 10 people but just nurturing those existing relationships and I I kind of had this oh shit moment where I was talking to (laughs) oh shit I was talking to my college roommate and we've been friends for going on six years which is crazy and I remember thinking about it I remember when we lived together it was like a little bit turbulent because we just weren't the best roommates but we're really really good friends and I was talking to her about it and we we were just chatting and I was like yeah it's crazy because it's just so effortless when I get to hang out with you and she was like well we have six years of friendship under our belt so that makes sense and I was like Oh my gosh, do we really? And then I thought about it. That and I was like, makes me feel so Yeah, old. we we do. I was like, we do have almost six years of friendship under our belt. And so instead of saying, oh, well, you know, that's someone where I don't have a ton in common with them anymore. Since I already have that foundation, that's a relationship that I want to nurture, that I want to bring with me versus if you met someone your last quarter, senior year of college, or maybe last summer, and you had a couple of commonalities and you haven't seen them in a couple of years, or even they were in your sorority and you haven't talked to them in six months, it's okay to focus on the relationships that you have more of a solid foundation with versus, you know, trying to regrow everything and rebuild everything from the ground up because I'm definitely someone who's guilty of that. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to stick with the people that, you know, you have that relationships with yeah if it if it ain't broke don't fix it no I completely agree and you have that internal gauge of like if you want to be making new friends like this isn't like a don't make new friends no absolutely yeah yeah and I I'm not saying you're saying that but it is important to reflect on the friendships that are going to carry with you that feel effortless because when you are you are going to have to make space for new relationships you're going to start a job and you're going to want to be friends with your coworkers, and you're going to move to a new city and you're going to want people in that city so it's like if you're constantly if you feel, if you're filling up with time trying to like make these past relationships stay strong throughout the course of your life that really are just like so much effort it might just not it might just not be a new stage of life friendship which is completely okay yeah. And that's also not to say that you can't revisit those friendships later on in life. Like I think about this all the time, but my mom and her college roommate were best, best friends all through college. They lived together. She was in her wedding. She was her maid of honor in her wedding. So they were so close and they went into different life phases and they lost touch. They didn't keep in touch anymore. And about two years ago, her friend reached out because she saw that they were in a similar city or they were close by or I forget the exact you know metrics of the story but she reached out for some reason and they've rekindled their friendship and she's come out to see my mom my mom has gone to see her they've done girls trips together and my mom was saying how it's like no time has ever picked off or time has just they've picked up where they left off you know and it is true if you have friendships that are true friendships they're gonna ebb and flow and no one's gonna be consistent the entire time that they're friends like Emma and I have been friends 22 plus years Mm -hmm. and I can tell you that our friendship has ever flowed so many times and she's always going to be there and I'm always going to be there for her but that's not to say that you know we have to call each other every single day and put in effort every single day sometimes it's okay to have low maintenance friendships and acknowledging I love friendships can be low maintenance it's good (laughs) yeah we need we need more of that and I I think it's hard just as 
you don't want people to take things personally. You have to be aware of when you're taking things personally. And that's like a very hard thing to be self-aware of because things are personal. Like I I think I said this in the last episode, but like you only exist in your world. So you're naturally going to take things personally. But think about, you know, those times that in a similar scenario, maybe you're behaving the same exact way. And it's like, oh, maybe they didn't text you happy birthday. But when you think about it, like, did you even text them happy birthday? Like, and there are going to be some things that are obviously one-sided, but a lot of times things are just going to kind of change. That's the whole point of this little segment. Things are going to change relationships. I also want to encourage you that it is not a crime to end a relationship, romantic, friendship, People literally, and especially I feel like with breakups, there's all these like, whose side are you on? I'm on this person's side or like, oh, she must have done something really bad. Like, I know I struggled when me and my previous relationship ended feeling like the other person was just like villainizing me. And I was like, this was never meant to be some like huge conflict involving other people, even involving us. It's just like, I felt like I was literally such a horrible person for wanting to get out of a relationship and well the relationship had run its course and there's no harm in walking away and it's not a crime like me you know me taking this person no but it really isn't a crime to be over something or be done with something and respect its place that it had in its life or in your life and move on from it And you're always going to carry those special people with you or those people that meant something. And it doesn't devalue what it meant at that time, but you're really allowed to make that choice. And sometimes it's not even a choice. Sometimes, like we were saying, it just naturally happens. But when it does have to be a choice, just just be okay with that and not not feel bad that you've made a different decision. So, hey guys, it's Emma popping in to tell you all about one of my secrets for managing my busy schedule and still eating good, which is HelloFresh. If you're a food lover like me looking for convenience and great meals, HelloFresh has you covered. They deliver fresh, pre-measured ingredients and chef-designed recipes straight to your doorstep. I started using HelloFresh in college and I literally still use it now that I'm 23. It genuinely helped me learn how to cook because it taught me what type of ingredients to mix together and it always tastes incredible. So if you'd like to try out HelloFresh for yourself, which I definitely recommend, you can use code EMMA50 to get 50% off your HelloFresh box plus free shipping. Such a good deal. That's code EMMA50 at HelloFresh.com. There's our spiel on relationships changing and then we wanted to go into something that I think segues well, which is loneliness which is kind of that absolutely opposite of relationships yes and I feel like especially in your 20s post-grad this is something that you get kind of in sharp contrast to a relationship like usually you'll end a relationship and then you kind of have your moment where you're like oh well that was you know my college best friend and I don't talk to her anymore I feel really lonely or that was my partner and my boyfriend or my girlfriend and now I feel really lonely and I think that so many parts of you know post-college life can just lead to this feeling of like loneliness or isolation in a multitude of ways because even if you do have say you have 10 friends from college who you're still super super close with if you're all in different places in life, if one person is married, one person's in grad school, one person's working in a hospital, one person is working in nine to five, one person is freelancing, it feels lonely because it feels like no one is on the same track as you. And so even if you have all of these people around you, post-grad and, you know, in your 20s is a very lonely time period. And 
we've talked about it on the podcast before, but just being okay with missing out on things and the joy of missing out and really acknowledging, you know, what your body needs. And sometimes that means, okay, maybe I'm not going to a happy hour after work and I'm going to choose loneliness. I'm going to choose to stay home and I'm going to choose to sit on the couch and read my book or drink my tea. Other times it might mean you're not choosing loneliness and you just end up feeling really freaking lonely. And you're like, what do I do? And when you're in that situation, creating a game plan to get out of it. We talked in last week's episode about, you know, if you're trying to budget or if you're trying to um, build up an emergency fund or, you know, figure out how to pay off your college debt, you create a game plan. That's how you get through it. Same thing with loneliness. If you move to a new city and you don't know anyone, join a Facebook group, go on a walking club, you know, like attend a local bingo night or trivia night at a bar nearby your house. There are so many different ways to kind of combat this loneliness for lack of better words. And then there are also ways to sit in the loneliness and revel in it because there are parts of our lives that are so chaotic and college is one of them. And I feel like later on in life when you're, you know, with a partner and potentially having kids, that's another, if you choose to, that's another part that gets really chaotic versus this in between is lonely. And there's something really magical to be said about that when a lot of your life is spent with so many people, this is a really cool time to explore who you are individually and lean into that loneliness. Yeah, that's so such a beautiful way that you said that. And I, I agree. Oh, I feel you. like you can definitely see things with a positive or negative light. And it is so hard because you leave high school or college or wherever and you've had all, you know, colleges have three million events a day that you can go to and it's just so busy and you walk around campus and there's a million people and then there's this party and that event and it's just like go 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 in terms of community and then you get out and it's like oh crap where's my where's my community where where are the people you know my friends have moved away or maybe I'm in a new city or maybe I'm at home and like what do I do where's my community and it's that's I think definitely one of the hardest parts so number one, you're you're definitely not alone in that. But two, there is a opportunity. Word of the pod today. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an opportunity to allow yourself to embrace the time that you do spend alone for good. And I do want to say, I moved here in November. Moved to Charleston, South Carolina, and I, you know, my hometown's only like two and a half hours away. So I do have a handful of people here that I, you know, familiar faces that I might yeah. run into just from growing up kind of near here. Like there's a handful of people that moved down here. But for the most part, I was starting from scratch. And I literally, what is it? September. Gosh, that's disgusting. It is September. And I am just now feeling like I have like a friend group. And yep you can't always expect which like not that I expected it but I mean it has literally been 10 months and I just now feel like I have a group of friends not saying I haven't had friends before but I had like this one person or these two satellite friends yeah I had like my friend for this my friend for that and obviously they're all great people but I feel like I was like where's that community of like these are my girls like this is the group that I go do things with this is people who I relate to the most and that we just like all click together and I, and I finally feel like I found that and it's literally like four, four or five girls, but it's, it's nice that it, it does exist, but there is a different level of intentionality you have to have with creating that and finding that after 
you get out of college because it's not going to be made for you. And if you sit inside or if you don't go and try to meet people, you're, I mean, you're just not going to and it sucks. Like I find myself being more introverted than I'd like to sometimes because it's just comfortable sometimes to not put in the effort and just, you're like, okay, you know, I do have friends. I have my two friends, but it is important to prioritize community because when you need it, you really need it. And there's time periods of your life when you, you're, you know, you're just vibing by yourself or you're solo traveling or you're just like really working on your career and that's completely fine. But when you need community, it sucks to not have it. So prioritizing at least taking the steps. Like I met literally two of my best friends now that are included in this friend group. I met because I went to a girls night and they were there trying to meet friends and I was there trying to meet friends and voila, now we're friends, which is awesome. And yeah, it, it does take just a little bit more effort than sometimes comfortable, but the opportunity is there. And also like, I think therapy is a great option too never discount like the ability to talk to someone if you if you feel like I mean literally no matter what scenario but therapy is an awesome tool as well if you feel like you are having a hard time navigating this life stage or whatever life stage too because that's it's always good to have someone to talk to and help you kind of take those like tangible steps to feeling better because you know it's it's hard out here it's brutal out here as it Olivia is. Rodrigo and would say. It's true. And I do want to say, kind of in contrast to that, I do want to validate, it's okay if you never get to a place where you have that friend group that you had in college. Like, that is completely okay. That's completely normal. And I'm just saying that more so to myself, but also to you guys, because we've talked about it in the past, but you only have so many people who you can fit into your inner circle. So typically you have the one person who is like your inner inner circle, your closest person. That's usually like a best friend, a spouse, a partner, something like that. And then you have three people outside of that. And then you have five people outside of that. For me, I have my boyfriend and he's in my inner inner circle. And then I have my three best friends outside of it. And I'm not looking to rip and replace those three people it doesn't matter if those people are all the way across the world I should replace you um but (laughs) if we call it hygge girl podcast from here on out um hygge girl singular stop (laughs) yeah um no but I I am truthfully not looking for a friend group like I had in college because that's something that is so special to me and those people are so special to me however I am looking for a friend group that I can go and I can, you know, go to a girl's night with or I can go to dinner with or I can go to happy hour. I can go to book club. Those people aren't going to know every single thing about my life. And that's okay. They might not know my brother's name. You know, they might not know the street that I grew up on. They might not know, you know, previous relationships that I've had or my favorite food. But they're going to be a sense of community when I want to go out and I want to look good and I want to have a girl signed out. They're going to be a sense of community when I actually want that feeling of socialization instead of the loneliness and acknowledging about myself, you know, okay, it's, it's time to push yourself a little bit. Like I know you want to lay on the couch tonight and rot, but like it's time to push yourself out of your shell and knowing that there are people there who are going to support me in doing that And I think that that's also something really important to acknowledge because at least for me, when I entered the post-grad kind of phase of life, I was searching for that. When all of my friends were moving, I was like, okay, who, who can replace these people almost subconsciously? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't need new best friends. I have close friends and I'm really fortunate to have those, 
but also acknowledge that maybe there are people out there who don't have close friends from college and are looking for their group they're looking for not new best friends but just best friends in general and it's okay if you know you don't align 100% with what someone else is looking for this is kind of a weird example to give but I went to grab dinner with someone who just moved to Colorado and we met through like a Facebook group and she was super super kind and so sweet and I just really got the sense that she wanted to be super close friends like Mm. she was inviting me to do a lot and I felt so guilty because I was like oh my gosh I don't have time to be doing all this and I felt so guilty for so long and then I realized I was like you know what no because she just moved here and she might not have close friends from college and she's looking for that super close person I'm not gonna like fool her and try to go into that I still do stuff with her like we do stuff in groups and everything's good but it's okay that what I was looking for in the friendship is different than what she was seeking. And I want to shed light on that because I feel like nine times out of 10, it's not talked about when one person feels like you're super close and the other person feels like you're not. That's also just another completely normal part of growing up, of Mm -hmm. making friendships, growing relationships and just post-grad in general. Yeah, a hundred percent. Everyone's going to be at a different stage and going back to trying to avoid taking things personally is, I feel like such a huge life hack like that's my that's been my new like thing in the back of my head is like don't take it personally like when that person doesn't respond to your text you probably have someone who you haven't responded to for 48 hours as well so it's just okay Maddie no I we both like suck at texting (laughs) but it's not even sucking at texting it's literally just no it's just your freaking life yeah yeah like and that's the thing is like if Emma doesn't respond to me for 48 hours I'm not gonna be like oh oh my gosh she hates me like what's going on it's just like she has stuff going on if she calls me and I don't pick up and I realize I can't get back to her until two days later she's not like oh my gosh Maddie not like hey Maddie you actually really piss me off because I like it's just (laughs) for lack of better words it's not that deep and it probably doesn't have to do with you again like we talked about in last week's episode go with your gut if you feel like you really piss someone off you probably did but if there's that little voice in the back of your head that's like kind of the anxious voice and it's trying to convince you like "Ooh, this person's mad at you just they're not mad they didn't. they're not mad no. they're not like they're really not and if they are that's on them yeah and it's just not healthy and you know speaking of healthy i would love the wellness to talk about health and wellness and let's this chat about wonderful health and post-grad wellness. stage of life yeah maintaining a healthy lifestyle style it means like so many different things it means exercise diet mental health just sleep schedule hydration I mean it literally means everything like wellness is the category a a never-ending category of just how we go through life in a healthy way but it gets really really difficult as more responsibilities tack on to your life and and it's really hard I I think for me what I'm going to call here and this is like a we always love to talk about things that we're currently working on. This is my current thing. And if you've listened to the podcast, you probably know. But I am really bad about my sleep schedule. And wellness mm-hmm. for me right now is like a better sleep schedule. And I know it when I have a better, when I don't go to bed at 2 a.m. and then try to wake up at 7.30, which is just not enough sleep. I mean, some people maybe can run on five, six hours of sleep. I know that I need seven or eight to really feel well. And I have time if I go to bed earlier but I just I struggle to do that I, I really like nights I end up procrastinating finding like random little things to do like oh let me fill up my entire calendar for the next three months like I don't need to do that at 1 a.m in the morning like I need to go the heck to bed 
Anyway, wellness looks different for everyone, but being conscious of like where you can make small daily changes that'll really improve your day-to-day life is I think a huge thing, especially again, when you're having to tackle on things such as, you know, a grad school or a job or your house hunting or like whatever you're doing, it really starts shrinking your time. That's your, that's your personal time and putting it into your schedule like a a walk or just getting outdoors in the morning or anytime during the day, honestly, like wherever it's going to work for you, wherever it's going to not be stressful and be enjoyable, that's where you want to find that spot to be it in. But sometimes I feel like, I don't know if you agree, Maddie, sometimes I feel like it's overcomplicated. Like for me, it seems like a big task to me because I mean, it's it's changing a habit, but like changing a sleep schedule, going to bed earlier in itself is not that hard. Like, I have to no. commit to it, but it's really, it's not that hard. It's not like, oh, go run a marathon tomorrow. So, yeah, I think sometimes we see wellness as these really big tasks. Like, oh, we have to completely go gluten-free, vegan, soy-free. Paleo, yeah, like, like literally, all the things. And it, that's not what wellness is for nine, 99% of people, you know what I mean? No, exactly. And I do think that what you were talking about with sleep is very, very important. And I would even say that sleep and the ability to de-stress or manage your stress are the two capstones of health and wellness. If you do not have some way to de-stress and manage your stress levels and you do not have a good sleep schedule, everything else is going to fall apart. It doesn't matter if you're like it's done for. It doesn't matter if you're exercising every single day it doesn't matter if you're eating super clean and super healthy and eating a whole food diet if you do not have sleep and you don't have a way of managing your stress everything goes out the window and I realized this about myself because I'm really as I've talked about on the podcast pretty openly like I'm going through this quote health journey not in the sense of like oh I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to do this but more so like I just feel really shitty as of recently like I've had terrible brain fog. I've been super anxious. I've had a lot of gut digestive issues. And what I've kind of pinned it back down to is relaxation and Mm de-stressing. I'm not someone who can de-stress. My boyfriend jokes to me all the time. He's either like, he's like, you're stressed or you're asleep. And there's no in between. (laughs) And they're like, and it's kind of true. And so I think that it's really important to choose one part of health and wellness that you want to improve upon and not think about it as I was saying. It's like, okay, I need to be gluten-free and I need to cut out all of these inflammatory oils and I need to exercise three hours a day and I need to make sure I'm getting eight hours of sleep and I need to make sure I'm drinking this much water and I'm going to a sauna and I'm doing like, that is so freaking much and we have so much going on. Choose one thing. One goal, one thing that you want to focus on for health and wellness, whatever is going to be most important for you. It could be your sleep schedule is really great. Your relaxation, great. You don't drink enough water. That's your one goal. Choose your one goal and then choose verbs or actions for that goal and define them. So if, you know, you're trying to run a marathon. Yeah. Slay your sleep schedule. No, but like (laughs) if you're trying to run a marathon, obviously that verb is going to be running. But if you're trying to sleep, you know, maybe think about everything that you need to do to get a good night's sleep. Write down those verbs and then actually like take that into consideration and make that goal measurable. So say like Emma was saying, I need to get eight hours of sleep every single night. Track it. Eight hours of sleep every single night. I want to drink a gallon of water a day. Track it. I want to move six days out of the week for at least 30 minutes. Track it. And the more granular you get, 
the better off you're going to be. And if you're something that I really struggle with is sometimes I'm not always motivated to do it. So for me, like when it comes to relaxing, it sounds silly to say I'm not motivated to relax, but I'm a very high strung, high stress type A person. And I'll go into a situation and I'll be like, oh, well, I, I don't need to relax. I don't need to take a bath. I don't need to sit down and read my book or have some tea. I, I need always to be struggle cleaning. With, I need to. Yeah, I feel like there's something else I could be doing. Yep. So if that is the case, think about the one thing that, you know, you're trying to pursue and think, do I want to pursue this goal? If you're thinking like in that moment, no, I, I don't want to go to bed. Emma, your example. I don't want to go to bed because I want to I want to be cleaning. I want to be watching the show. I want to be reading my book. Think about it. No. So you're like, no, I. that's not something that's top of mind. That's not something I'm trying to pursue. And visualize the severe failure of not completing that goal for one to five minutes. Sit there and take a minute, minute and a half. And think about what happens if you don't do that. Think about what happens if you don't go to bed in that moment. All day tomorrow. (laughs) Yep. Just think about it. And if it is the opposite, there's something to be said about if you're feeling really motivated in that moment, visualize the positive outcome. So if you're thinking like, I'm really excited to go to sleep tonight, think about that. Think about how great you're going to feel the next day versus if I think about relaxing and I'm like, I really have so much I have to be doing and. I don't really want to be doing this right now. If I visualize the failures that I'm going to endure because I don't relax, I might have a panic attack. I might be super stressed. It might cut into my sleep schedule. I might not be focused on something. Those are all very negative things and not saying to focus on the failures or the negatives per se, but in that moment, it actually helps rewire your brain and give you the intrinsic motivation to follow through with that task. So point being, long tangent aside, Health and wellness is very, very important. And that's kind of like a mental health kind of hack for any stress or anxiety Mm -hmm. around that, just because you're able to really differentiate, okay, do I want to do this or do I not? And if I don't, what's going to happen if I don't? And maybe that catapults you into doing that action. Yeah, 100%. I think a big word here is mindfulness. That first step is just acknowledging what your goal is, how you can get there, or like what's just affecting you before you even set the goal. You just have to be mindful of like what, how how am I feeling? Like I kind of feel shitty right now or like, wait, I actually had a good day today or I had a bad day today. And like, why, why is that? Is there someone that I hung out with that just makes me stressed as hell and I don't enjoy their energy? Or is there someone someone I really hung out with that I wait like that really improved my mood of the day like I should hang out with them or something like that obviously it's not always like external people but there are little things throughout our day that are those mood changers or that determine when you get to the end of the day if you mark this off as this was a good day this was a bad day today I I you know and I could have told you this before the day started I went to bed too late I woke up I was so tired I wanted to go on like a bike ride before I worked or I started work. I work remote and I literally did not leave my apartment. I woke up so late. I stayed in my pajamas. I worked. I did my meetings literally just like in my room. I was like, I'm going to go to a coffee shop. Didn't even end up going. And it's literally because I was tired, but I'm aware of where that issue started. The good thing is I can try to be mindful about how to fix that, but I do have to commit to myself. Like I'm going to be better about that. But then my friend texted me 
they're like, you want to go, you know, see the sunset tonight at the beach? Or I had actually texted them the other day and, you know, I was kind of feeling at the end of the day, I was feeling tired because I had worked all day, hadn't left the apartment and was frankly sleep deprived. But I was like, I'm going to go. And that was the best part of my day. I sat on the beach with a friend. We talked. There was like the sunset. There was the waves crashing. And it's like, I could have told you that that would have made me feel better. And I could have told you that those or that decision to not sleep early was going to make me feel worse. Like I'm aware of kind of the consequences of my actions, both positive and negative. And I feel like that's the hard thing for a lot of us is like, you're kind of aware of how things are going to make you feel. And the hard part is getting yourself to like change those two. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, make the commitment to myself and I'm, I'm better about it in general than I was like a year ago, but I still, you know, have progress progress to go and I think we all kind of have that thing that we want to be a little bit better at and it is really hard when life gets so busy to take a step back and prioritize those wellness goals but obviously your health's super important your mental health is super important like if not more important than your physical health so uh, just being mindful is really important and yeah things can get things can get tough but you have the power You do. And so much plays into that too. I think that we usually think about health and wellness in one facet and we think about it like with stress or stress management or physical health or exercise or what your diet looks like. But really it can be anything. And just taking inventory of your life, if there's like I'm going to say a person, that can be a friend, a partner, it can be a family member. It can be a job. If there's something that is stressing you, that's making you anxious, acknowledging what it's doing to you. And like we talked about in last week's episode, you know, don't shy away from that. Don't shy away from your gut feelings because there's something to be said about them. And it's really hard to acknowledge like, maybe I worked really hard. Like maybe I have been going to med school for so long and I finally become a doctor And I get here and I realize, oh my gosh, like this is completely affecting my mental health. This is completely affecting my physical health. And it's hard to kind of let go of what you've put so much effort and energy and time and money and all of these external factors into. But sometimes you get there and you realize this actually isn't serving me. And that's completely okay. And to the other other side of it, There's sometimes when you're thinking about like what you did in the past and things that that maybe weren't the best version of you or there are things that you wish you could take back and you're bringing them with you into the present day and that's affecting your physical health because you're constantly stressed about it. Maybe it's a trauma response. Maybe it's literally just an insecurity that you've been carrying with you for all these years and it's a burden and it genuinely affects your health and wellness. So mental health is such a big challenge especially post-grad and I feel like I mean it's talked about a lot more than it was previously but there's no harm in seeking therapy or counseling or you know relying on a external support system to help you manage those things and I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast before but someone once told me that depression is living the past and anxiety is living in the future and I think Mm -hmm. that that's very spot on in the sense of if you're feeling feelings of depression it typically is about something that happened in the past that you're carrying with you it's almost a burden and if you're feeling stress or anxiety you're worried about what's going to happen you're worried about what's out of your control or you're fearful of what's going to happen next 
And both of those things are completely out of your control. And so if you feel like that is something that's completely affecting your lifestyle in any capacity, there is absolutely no harm in reaching out to a counselor or a therapist or anything like that. It's just, it really is the foundation that and sleep. Those are the two foundations that are going to like set you up for success or failure. Yes, 100%. This has been so great to talk about. I really do think that postgrad comes with a lot of positives, but a lot of negatives, and it's not any sort of secret. We're not saying anything that's a secret or that is like hacking the keys to the postgrad world, but it is really important to have these conversations and also just know you're not alone. I think literally, I don't think I've ever gone up to someone that has graduated and they're just like, what do you mean you're stressed? Like, I'm, I'm completely fine. I have everything figured out. Like, I think that is just unfortunately not a scenario that occurs because it is your really first shot at the real world, as they call it. It's your first yes. time, you know, taking your own stab at it after you've had people to kind of guide you through schooling your entire life and stuff. So it, it's, a, it's a weird time, but it's a really exciting time too. And I think you really find yourself, you grow every single year so much. Like I'm 23 and I'm different. Not, I mean, still still same old Emma, but like I, I have so many new perspectives and thoughts and just the way that I interact with things than I even did a year ago. And I think it's a good thing to be able to grow into new life stages and believe that you will grow into it. Like there's growing pains with everything, but there's also growth that comes from those pains. So really put yourself out there when you feel like you need to hold yourself back and respect your own peace when you have to as well. And we got it. We're, we're all going to be a-okay even when it's hard, but there are there are truly positives in everything. And you've, you've made it. I saw a quote someone said the other day. It's like, this is your reminder that everything you've gone through you've gotten through up to this point so why would you think that you're not gonna do it this time because you're going to so um I hope you guys enjoyed you made it through a hundred percent of your bad days you have and I hope you guys enjoyed this growing up uh, this growing up suck series because it does suck like all these things are tough shit but there's also so many positives too so hopefully you walk away feeling like you're heard but also encouraged to make the most of it Yes, you've got this. We're right there with you. We hope that you enjoyed this two-part series. And on that note, Emma and I are going to go take our own advice and go get some sleep because we are recording this (laughs) after a long day of a nine-to-five. But we really do appreciate all of your support. Be sure to follow us on Instagram if you don't already. We like to interact with you guys over there. That's Hookah Girls Podcast. That is... H-Y-G-G-E Girls Podcast. Yes, love it. And until next time, we'll see you next Monday. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay Stay hookah. Bye, everyone.